0: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the best HR podcast you've ever laid your ears on. That's right. That's a bold claim. I made it. And uh, it's 100% true. Welcome to the show. My name is Ricky Bias and I am the co-captain of this endeavor. My co-host JC, he is out on assignment, but I am coming to you live recording live Is that a thing? Yeah, I'm recording live from the A1A Beachfront Studios here in beautiful Orlando, Florida. And, folks, I am excited because in just a few short days, JC and I are going to be live at the Space Ghost HR Conference this Wednesday. That's right, this Wednesday in a couple of days in Port Canaveral. So April 20th, tickets are still available, folks. If you want some tickets, and you want to come see some great speakers. And I'm talking about amazing speakers. We have Ashley Brundage. We have Lillian Chavez-Moon. We have Darren Finley. Sam Slay. Michelle Tatum Bush and Louis D. Wilson, they're going to be, uh, it's just sharing some amazing information that business leaders and HR professionals should know on Navigating 2022. It is going to be a blast. JC is going to be uh, uh, the, uh, the MC for the event. I am going to be at the HR Talk podcast booth all day. We're actually going to be getting there on Tuesday evening, which is tomorrow. That's right. No, actually, yeah, tomorrow, Tuesday evening, um, that's where we're going to be um, over at the Port Canaveral, um, over at the hotel in Port Canaveral for the HR, for the Space Coast HR conference. So, again, that is spacecoasthrconference.com. Tickets are still available. So, folks, this is a very special episode. The reason this one is special because JC got an opportunity to sit down with Kathy Scott. If you don't know who Kathy Scott is, go back to episode 330, where we interview both Kathy and Alan Bernstein. So Alan Bernstein, he is the president of the Space Coast Human Resource Association of Florida. And Kathy is the president of the South Brevard Society for Human Resource Management. They both, leading up both of these organizations, they partnered together to bring the Space Coast HR Conference. So... JC got an opportunity to sit down with Kathy, have a conversation of something they're both passionate about, and that is data and HR. So HRIS systems, how business leaders should take data and HR pros as well, how they take data and how they paint a picture with that information on where the organization is supposed to go. It is a great episode. Check it out. Let me know what you think.
1: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of HR Talk. And today, it's just me. It's just me, Ricky Baez, is somewhere as off in the world doing Ricky Baez things, as we know. But today, it's my fortune and pleasure to finally have the opportunity, after a long-awaited, I believe it to be over a year plus, to sit down and talk with Kathy Scott. Kathy it's my pleasure to have you here on the program how are you today
2: Oh it's a beautiful day here and I'm so glad to have the chance to sit and talk to you too about one of my favorite topics data Absolutely
1: <laughs> me too and it's it's been it's been so long I remember before the Space Coast HR conference last year um we we did set the table up outside in a, a p- pavilion area mm-hmm. the night prior and conversations kind of just kept going with one of the keynote speakers that you had booked and, and you were waiting in the wings and I wanted time with you so bad and Ricky just <laughs> didn't stop talking and just kind of kept going. <laughs> you know? So this is our time. This is our time to shine. Before we begin, for people that aren't familiar with you, who are you? Who are you and, and where are you from?
2: Sure. So my name is Kathy Scott. And I am the president of the South Brevard chapter for the Society of Human Resources Management, South Brevard Charm. Um And I also am an HRIS manager for a mid-tier defense contracting company that has offices throughout the country, but um, a location close to where I live here in Central Florida.
1: And, and when we say HRIS, most mm-hmm. people who listen do understand what that means and that does mean human refor human resources information system correct? Uh, and, That's right. Okay, mm-hmm. got it, got it. And mm-hmm. um, for you, when when we think back in time, was this a career path that that you set forth into and said someday I will grow up and and become a leader in HRS systems?
2: You know, it's so funny you ask that because I was talking to our chapter, I guess a couple of meetings ago, and. I think when I was getting ready to go to school and at university, HR wasn't even a major. (laughs) It was, it, it was, it was just not one of those things. And, um, so for me personally, certainly, no, I never really had an intention to end up in HR and then in HRAS. It was very much in the course of my career, um, having the opportunity to work with the systems. Um, and I like it. Um, I have that puzzle-solving mind. I always want to figure out how we're going to make things better and how we're going to make the tools support us in the way we need to be supported, Um, and I love it. You know, I I will sit with an Excel spreadsheet all day long, um, and I know, (laughs) you know, I I know that um, HR is a great profession because there's places for everybody. There's folks who love to interact with people all day long, There's folks who love to understand how adults learn and to train. There's people who get really involved in um, compliance and and policies, you know, and that makes them happy. And for me, the part of HR that makes me really happy is the data and the systems. And there's there's a place for all of us in the profession. And I I am lucky enough to be in the place I love the best.
1: A lot of people overlook it. A lot of people sometimes Mm -hmm. sit back and think, you know, we just paid X amount of dollars to this contract and the computer's going to do it. The magic computer's going <laughs> to come down mm-hmm. from the sky and just magically take care of all this. And for, for myself, the background in, in my love for data, it, it roots to the world of television and radio. And oddly, I've come to find out in, in the HR space, it's not far off nowadays, especially <laughs> even if we think about uh, the way that the medical field and, and some insurance fields deal with data. You you have handshakes of, of information between systems. Mm-hmm. You have good data and bad data. And we all know it mm-hmm. doesn't matter who you are. You've got decades worth of bad data out there, no matter what you say. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and having to deal with those data conversions and, and, and systems talking to each other the appropriate way to keep things moving forward. But for TV or radio, it's just the impact of a program being played at a certain time or maybe dead air Mm -hmm. going out there. But when we're thinking HR, this could be impacting paychecks or, or -hmm. retirements or onboardings or have negative effects all the way around. Before we start to dive into this a bit, when you think back to maybe the first time that you, you reached out into the data world and Mm -hmm. and the HRS system world, what was that experience like? And, and, and how did that go for you?
2: So the, my first opportunity was actually with a company that was um, going from a very manual process with lots of paper-based forms. And for the first time, they were actually going to have an HR system. And so it was transitioning all of that information into the system, getting everything uploaded so that there would be online tools you know, in, in a computer system um and it was it was hugely eye opening um because that's the one time that you pull everything together and you realize wow we don't do a great job keeping track of the information <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know uh, the, the it's not consistent yeah um for for 5 years on a form we called a certain thing a and then 2 years later we started calling it b it was kind of the same thing but we we named it differently and having to piece all that together and and Come up with some consistent and good clean data. It was a, a trial, but it was something that, you know, I, I'm again, I love puzzles and I, and I love figuring things out. And so being able to step back a minute and say, Oh, this, this bit of information really is supposed to be the same as this bit of information. So it goes over here and these things are the same and they go over there. And then it turns into how do you make it um, lean? Instead of having five different fields that say the same thing, you have one field that says the same thing. So that happened pretty kind of in the middle of my career. And then from that point forward, I kind of got the reputation as uh, the person who, who doesn't mind to do stuff like that. Um, you know, and a a lot of my coworkers are like, ooh, you know, I really don't want to have to figure this out. It's so hard. It's, it's inscrutable. And it's really, and I was like, can I do that now, please? You know, I'd love to. Let me run
1: to the fire. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> throw me in that briar patch, I am ready. Right. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, and it just kind of grew from there until, um, with my current company about three years ago, I was able to uh, officially full-time transition into an HRIS team. Um, and it has been a beautiful thing. Um, it's, it's everything I always wanted to be honest. Yeah. And so, you know, and I love what I do. So.
1: When we, when we think about some of those, um, prefixes and some of the nomenclatures that you see Mm -hmm. in the different fields, especially for people listening that might still be going through some sort of data conversion right now or switching Mm -hmm. from vendor to vendor. Mm -hmm. There is definitively no one standard out there from what I've been able to tell just yet. I mean, there's some things (laughs) that seem pretty standard, you know, like uh, uh, a numerical identifier for someone uh, might be Mm -hmm. standard due to a certain regulation, right? But past Mm -hmm. that, there's certain certain things where there's not necessarily a standard. I mm-hmm. Stepping back to the broadcast world, yep. one of the things that we ran into was trying to develop a, a language. Uh, we worked with SIMT to develop this BXF format so that, when systems talk to each other, and and when fields were conveyed back and forth between systems, it, it was in a standard language and a standard protocol. Mm-hmm. In the HRS space, are we seeing more growth? Are there any types of discussions out there about standardizing formats for certain things across vendors, or is that something that's a little elusive still?
2: I think it's still a little elusive, um, and and I will say uh, that's that's a function of Such a variety of systems out there. There's everything from the big players, you know, SAP um, is huge. ADP offers a huge um, enterprise level system, right? There's all these vendors and partners that are willing to help down to more smaller companies, um, down to people who have are working off of something that the IT team put together for them or something they built on SharePoint or, you know, or some, or maybe not even on a system, right? And so, to try to, to get something that's one size fits all is really hard. I live in the world of mapping, right? And, um, and so it's, and it's, it is a situation where there are standard pieces of information that everybody has to hold. So it doesn't matter what system you're in, in order for you to, to be compliant with your data. And, um, let me just turn this off. I'm so sorry. Um, but in order for to have some compliance with your information, um, to be able to pay your people, um, and to be able to just run your basic information, you know, how many people do we have, kind of thing. Right. You collect certain pieces of information. You need their social security number and their name and their address, right? You need their birth date. You need uh, for benefits, you need some basic information. And so I think as you look across companies and you look across systems, you're going to find this core group of fields that everybody has for the people associated with their company. Um, from there, though, it just goes off into what do you need? You know, and, and so I, I right. pick on, you know, my, my company, we have, um, we have 29 custom fields. That are, that exist for our businesses because each business says, well, you know, I really need to keep track of this. And so we say, okay. And, you know, so there's, there is that group of 29 fields that will let the businesses track that bit of information they need for their purposes. Right. And, and yeah. that's where it turns into, okay, I need to send a file out to a vendor. The vendor says, here's the things that I want. And then you just sit down and say, okay, they call it A, we call it B. Right. They, right? they call it first name, we call it F name, right? So you would just map it all, and you make the, the transition that way. Well,
1: you hope for the best on the transition that way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 And it's it, that, that is a little bit of a learning curve to, to get everything tied together in the right way. Every vendor has their own standard of how they want to receive the information. You know, I guess, to your point, there's really never one standard template. Um, so it's, it's, customizing it to the vendor requirements and getting that set up. But um, once it's, it's, it's running, it is a beautiful thing.
1: Ladies and gentlemen that can't see her on video. And by the way, we don't record the video. It's just audio here. Yes, there is a Babot guide version three somewhere in the background there. I think, I don't know. And there might be a process flow map on the wall. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, when, when we're thinking about these, these multitude of systems and conversions over the years, um, probably safe to say that you've seen quite a few different transitions from vendor to vendor over a span of time or,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. probably safe to yep. say.
1: Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so with that, what are, what are some of the general lessons learned for people out there that very specifically at this point in the program might be in a situation where they're, Reviewing different vendors and thinking about making the jump from vendor A to vendor B. What are, what are some things that they might want to consider aside from just hiring you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and that, that really is the critical decision because it's easy enough to look at a tool, um, to get your information into a tool. The, you know, everybody is very happy to get something launched. Um, the question is, what are you going to do six months later yeah. when you need to do a change or you need to add a field or, or delete a field or do something, right? Um, take it off of the view. Who's going to do that? And so I think the biggest decision is the maintenance of things. And do you have the person or people in your organization or will you get those persons or people in your organization who can maintain the system for you? Or are you going to budget and have a partner? do it for you, because that really drives a lot of decisions. If you don't have a huge budget, um, then you need to think about, well, who in your organization can be trained to manage the system for you and and do the things you need done. Um, So so that's the first part of it. And then I think the other part of it is really, um, and this is very hard, uh, is to step back and look at what you have with a very um, honest assessment of things. Because I think everybody thinks their information is cleaner than it is. And it's not until you get in there and you realize that the data is missing, the data is incorrect, it's something that you really want that you don't even have right now, and you have to figure out how you're going to collect it. All of those things add a lot of um, additional effort to a transition uh, to get the system to where you want it to be. Because the last thing you want is to just move everything over, get into a nice new system... And then be disappointed because you don't get the data you were expecting, the reports you were expecting. Um, things are are not working properly you know, because it wasn't configured in the right way. So it's all about the prep work. You have to think about what you want it to do um, and then who's going to take care of it and then get down into the nuts and bolts of, OK, we need everybody's first name in this spreadsheet. Who's going to get all that data listed for us? How far back are we going to go to look, you know, and, and moving data around.
1: And, and we might be talking about things in a very nonlinear way. Uh, that there, mm-hmm. there are some things out there that are very, here's the steps you go, A, B, C, D. Yep. Uh, but yep. uh, regressively speaking right now, when when we're thinking about those systems and configuration and, and customization, doing something with what you're getting out of the box versus setting up the 29 or something customized fields, you bring mm-hmm. up a fantastic point there. The definition of the scope of work is sometimes something that when we take it to the C suite or we're upselling the things that we learned about at the Space Coast conference in the uh in the vendor booth area and and we've got great information that we're taking back to our business, we we might be caught up in the buzz of it to a degree mm-hmm. and might not necessarily mm-hmm. be thinking about are we really just gonna use it the way it is out of the box or do we need to customize and go further? Mm-hmm. And to that those Nothing wrong with any vendor out there. Everyone's going to upcharge for the work. It's either got to be something mm-hmm. on your side or something on the vendor side. Something in the middle. You do have to properly plan for that. for For the H R S specialist out there nowadays, or or the uh, expert in human resource integrations, and, and the titles do vary so vast. Do Do you see that there's more of an uptick over the past few years as HR has continued through this digital transition to? To consult with people of this nature, or do you find that there's more onboarding of people with these skills to try to move that needle from A to B within organizations?
2: Yeah, you know, and I really I think that depends on the tool. And, and you have to keep in mind that, that choosing your system is a tremendous financial commitment by your company. Um, and when you say you know, a, a mid to large size company has spent millions of dollars on their hr system that's not an exaggeration yeah. right and you know it's it's millions of dollars to implement and you know tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars uh to maintain on a on a monthly or or annual basis right so the right. the financial commitment is huge and so um i think um You know, and and the question fell right out of my head. No, 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 that's perfect because then
1: (laughs) when when you have something of that nature and and that much value that you've bought into things, um, do do you lean on onboarding an employee or a team to oversee that or do you strictly outsource that and maybe not have as much control over potential customizations that you could be heading towards?
2: And I will say a lot of that depends on the tool that your company picks because there are some systems out there that are specifically pointed towards, you know, we are going to teach you how to maintain this, right? right. We will maintain the, the core. We will upgrade the core, but but we are going to set this system up so that if you want to add another field to this panel, then the, the average HR person with a with just a, a reasonable amount of training is going to be able to do that. You don't need to be a, a, a very technical person. You don't have to be from IT right this is more intended to be a customer maintained tool Perfect. some of the other tools are very specifically look you know we are going to give you a product um we have a partner network there are things that you are not going to be able to do that partners yeah. can do for you right? right and so then it's a balance of you know you might need somebody who can do the the lower level things but you are going to need a partner to do some of the heavier lifting right yeah. And so a lot of what you need to to maintain, what you need to bring into your organization for talent is really going to be driven by um, what the tool allows. You don't want to hire some amazing IT specialist who's going to try to log into the system and do things only to be told, well, no, this isn't customer, (laughs) you know, this isn't (laughs) customer accessible stuff. You know, you have to go out to a partner, right?
1: Hitting a brick wall.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And that's, and I'll tell you, you know, like I said, I have, I have not been, um, you know, I don't have an IT degree. Um, I am self-taught in all of this, and I've done some some work through my career to educate myself. Um, and it is frustrating because there are things I'm pretty sure I could do, but the system has said no, no, no. That's that's reserved for a partner. Right. right. <laughs> so, you know, and and you know, partner means dollars and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, so. big
1: time, big time. And, and, and yeah. then and then when we're thinking about the process design. Um, within the business, the the scope of the way that you work today, whether you're Mm -hmm. currently using a HRS system or you are just getting into it. And I I hate say just Mm -hmm. getting into it because it's hard to even wrap your head around the fact that there are businesses out there that aren't in that world yet, but there's a lot Mm -hmm. of them. There really are. There's Mm -hmm. people that may have been under PEO umbrellas for years that are just moving away, breaking Mm -hmm. out and finally doing their own thing. And that's fine. In those Mm -hmm. situations, you're, 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 your business process, how, how deeply do you change your business process to accommodate the software versus finding software that can accommodate the business? And that's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a fine balance, right?
2: I love that question because it, it's, it's crucial that you either have a process that you are, are committed to, that you have a reason you're committed to it. Um, and you need the system to follow that process or you are willing to adjust a process because the best tool in the world isn't going to make your process any better than it is. And, and so I, I had someone tell me a long time ago, right? Um, I can buy you a Lamborghini. It's not going to make you a better driver. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and so, so you really need to think about. Um, if, if you have processes that are clunky and, you know, 19 people need to look at something, how does that translate into a system and can the system accommodate routing through all of those people and do what you need it to do? But it's also an excellent time to sit back and say, do we still need 19 people to look at this or can it be done differently? Right. But yeah, it it is, it is an You know, people think that everything is going to be the same in the system. And unfortunately, you end up not leveraging the power of the tool because you're forcing the tool to do something that was, you know, a paper process when the tool probably has all kinds of automations and notifications and can really sing for you if you would just tweak yourself a little bit and let it do its thing. Right,
1: right. right. It's that evolution. And and. Mm And it's, it's not necessarily a frozen mindset for people. Sometimes it's just you don't know what you don't know at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and there could certainly be an aspect of fear, but sometimes out there you may have a business that has signed on to take on this type of transition. And they're mm-hmm. moving all motivation forward to get it done and everyone's on board, but they didn't really get the buy-in across Mm -hmm. the leadership team and now Mm -hmm. that it's here that's just an hr tool hr is going to take care of it they're going to give us a self-service portal and the portal will take care of us well there's things Mm -hmm. that go into that we 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 still need managers and employees to to conform to Mm -hmm. the standard in the other departments that buy-in and that discussion there i don't i don't often see a lot of coaching out there and in seminars or um in in conferences where where people maybe necessarily talk a bit more about mm-hmm. the way to upsell something within your organization of this nature and that shift to more of a digital mindset and, and the value of data kind of like what you're highlighting right now mm-hmm. so so to you know, that what's your advice for people
2: so uh, the big advice is it's change management right and we've all been trained on change management But it's so natural to think of change management in terms of the company is bringing on a new product, or the company is changing benefits, or the company has a new manager, you know, how do you bring people through that level of change? Well, a systems change is the exact same thing, it is change management. And so it's the same technique of communication, and giving people a chance to give feedback, You know, and and focus, you have the people that, that are right there with you right away and you make them evangelists to talk up how good this is going to be. And you have your fence sitters and you spend a lot of time with the fence sitters to try to get them to come over and be evangelists. And then you, you have some people that are never going to make the journey, right? And, and at some point you say, Hey, you know, I'm so sorry, but this is the way it is now, right? But hopefully that is the very small number, but it, it is that exact thing of communication, feedback. Making changes where it's appropriate, communicating again, getting some more feedback, helping people understand why this is happening, why it's a good thing, you know, the benefits of, of things and being willing to have uh, an open ear. So when somebody comes back and says, boy, well, you know, that's a lot harder than I think it should be, um, to, to be able to take that feedback and look at it and do a very, um, honest evaluation. And be willing to make an adjustment rather than getting locked into. No, it's our system, and this is the way it's going to
1: work. The fi- right. The fixed mindset versus the agile mindset, mm-hmm. and adopting mm-hmm. more of that agile business acumen to the to the, the way that you operate. Let me mm-hmm. ask you about that real quick, because this is kind of a. It seems to be every few years you've got different buzzwords and different buzz mm-hmm. things that pop up, and mm-hmm. and it seems to be really cost being here at the start of 2022. And I say the start still because we're still early mm-hmm. in the year. But uh, agile business acumen seems to be a, a real hot topic out there compared to that more waterfall, old fixed mindset type mm-hmm. approach. Are, are you more, it, it sounds like you're definitely more of a, a fan of the uh, iterative improvement of things rather than staying <laughs> yes. fixed and locked, right?
2: That's right. That's right. And uh, I I log into our system every day and think, what else can we do in here to make this better and more user-friendly and get rid of paper? Yeah. Um, because paper is slow. And I have to say, the last couple of years, um, you know my personal experience in the defense industry, I've worked for a few companies, and it was, for me, the mindset was very much... You know, we all have to be on site. There's security concerns. There's things that we, we want to contain in our physical location. Um, people have to be in our building doing their thing for the most part for us to be secure and effective. Um, now we know that's not the case. Right. You know, business can be conducted with the majority of people working virtually. Um, and that pushes a, a different use of the system, too, because when you have a process that says, Well, I need to change my banking information. So I fill out a piece of paper and I I route it down or walk it down to my payroll person or my HR person. And your payroll person is in one place and you're working from home. That doesn't hold anymore. Right. Right. And so how do you, how do you make an adjustment? So that piece of paper isn't required. And so, you know, we've had a lot of opportunity to say, Oh, people aren't in the office anymore. How are we going to do this? And we did. Boy, the last two years have been project after project to get things online, get things signed electronically, get things routed electronically so that the paper was not required anymore.
1: Was it was the industry ready for you or were you ahead of the industry? Were you pushing the were you pushing the bounds of what the vendors could do with your thoughts and desires for the business?
2: You know, I think no, I wouldn't say that we're pushing, Um, I think. The, I will say for the, the, the tools that we use right now, the, the, um, we're on SAP. SAP is ahead. They are industry leaders. And if you look at what they are doing with the tools right now, um, it is amazing. It's all about the human experience and it is how do you make a, a software tool Uh, really conform to that user's desires to how they want to interact with your company. Yeah. Um, which is, which is a huge shift because, you know, it's, it's always been, hey, we need to make a tool that somebody can go into and use effectively. But now it's like, no, 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 you know, they, they don't want to text. They want to get an email or no, they don't want to get an email. They just want to go in when they want to go <laughs> in and, and have the system say, hello, yes. I'm glad you're here. Chat bots, right? The whole concept of somebody's going to log in and there's going to be a, a little AI chatbot that's going to walk them through. How can I help you today? You know, that sort of thing is, is, is future looking for us, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Um, but it's, it's great to have the option, um, because you always, you want to sit back and have this big green field, you know, effective blue sky, right? Right. Where can I possibly go? What are all the things I can possibly bring in and then just get them into what are people going to accept? Um, how much can I spend on this, you know, and, and get down to the right thing for your organization. But the choice is a lovely thing.
1: I, lo- I love the uh, AI and chatbot discussion. There's been mm-hmm. so much movement over the past couple of years on predictive language and GPT-3 and, and emerging technologies associated with like advanced, extremely advanced AI. And it's going to be intriguing over the next few years to see how some of that further integrates into some of the vendors out there. Not even just in the HR space, just in all spaces altogether. In the way that we mm-hmm. uh, interact and communicate, let it be with our devices or or anything electronically. That end user perspective that you're talking about, though, from the vendor, that that's that's critical. That's key. Mm-hmm. Building it from that end. So, with with a solution like that, it's like an all in one, out of the box or. Are we and and again we don't need to know the vendors' names. That's all entirely mm-hmm. up to you. But it, mm-hmm. are are we also piecemealing things together? And I don't mean that in a bad way. Well, what I mean is, um, we're we're going to advertise jobs on these different boards on the internet, and then we're going to use this system for uh, onboarding and recruiting. And 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 then when we have our candidate, we're going to move it from the applicant tracking system over to uh, the core. And then we're doing mm-hmm. this, this, that, and the other. Is that pretty standard, or are there a lot of vendors that are just an all-in-one inclusive package?
2: So I think I think that there there's a little bit of a um, depending on the level of people you're trying to support. So some of the some of the the tools that are structured towards smaller organizations yeah. try to be a one-stop right? They, right. they try to put everything together for you so that it's it's pretty seamless. Um, some of the other tools. Because of their legacy, um, they had a recruiting module, had a benefits module, had a payroll module. At one point in the past, they were standalone products, but they have knitted them together over time into one thing. Um, I, I think... Um, and I'm sure there are some organizations that signed up with an applicant tracking system, but they have a different system to do payroll right. and a different system for their HR. And that's where the, the data connections are critical. Oh, I've right? seen a, and, I've seen a yeah. lot of
1: those all around Central Florida. Yeah. And there's nothing <laughs> yeah. bad about that. That's totally nope. fine. Totally fine.
2: Nope. Yeah. It's one of those things that um, it, it's, it's what you are prepared to to manage. Yeah. And if if you're at a place where your connections, the way the data is moving from your applicant system into your HR and payroll system, if it works for you, that's fabulous, right? I right. think the thing that that pushes the organization is okay. We went from 500 people to 1,000 people. That's a different level of having to manage information. Or we went from one location in one place to six locations in six states that's a different level of having to manage and and move data around right Right. and so you know you you, ideally you're you're getting the system that's fitting the needs you have with a little bit of of growth capability but not getting something that's so huge that you're never going to take advantage of what you're paying for right and so yeah um you know for the bigger companies that that have everything end to end from the point you apply to the point that you are getting a paycheck, it's one seamless flow of information, start right. to finish. That's awesome. And for so the the groups that are a little smaller and things are going from place to place, that's great too, right? It's it's trying to get the tool to fit the need. Yes. Um. And and not getting overwhelmed with something that you don't feel you're getting value out of. Because if if you don't think you're getting your value out of it, and the the employees don't think they're getting value out of it. And nobody's going to like the tool and nobody's going to want to do anything with it. And that's that's the worst thing of all, right?
1: Well, well almost yeah. one of the worst things. I could think of something that's also kind of a little, well, maybe it <laughs> stacks right up there with it. You know, like when you have, uh, let's say you have a variable rate mortgage. And uh, and that's going up and down and all you want to do is lock mm-hmm. it in. But then they sold your mortgage and they sold it again and they sold it again. And all you're trying to do is lock it in with one particular vendor and you don't even know who holds your mortgage anymore. Mm-hmm. And we see this in the world of HR information systems sometimes where one vendor that you sign up with isn't actually the vendor who's providing the software as a service. It could be a mask that's over top the core system that resides as something else not calling out any vendors in particular out there, but it could be the engine of one of the big, big makers out there. But then you have your Mm -hmm. intermediary, your partner, your Mm -hmm. individual that is its own software company that sits in the middle between you and the actual core system that provides services on top as well. And sometimes they sell and they sell and it moves and it changes. And it's, it's I don't know, there's some weird models out there.
0: At the Mm -hmm. end of the day,
1: it's your data though. And if That's your right. data is not the way you want it to be, if it's not curated the right way, if it hasn't been combed through, should you be pulling that into whatever system it is that you're moving into? Or should you spend a little more time on that? What's your advice there? What have you experienced in the past?
2: I think it's, it's well worth the time to think about um, everything that you need in the system for your active people. Um, and be very, very granular, right? You, everybody thinks, well, HR is for employees. Well, what about the contingent workers that are on your site from um, staffing services? Do you need a way to track them in your system somehow and identify them? So when somebody says, well, how many people are at this site? You're not just pulling your employee list, you're pulling your contingent list as well. Yes. Um, a big one is terminated records. Uh, how far back will you bring terminated records in? I've been with, you know, I've been with companies that say we're not going to bring in any terminated people, which is fine, except you can't run any analysis until there's termination information. And so for the first year, It's you you won't have good data in the system about your turnover.
1: Um, And and if you're a really good business, maybe it's seven to 10 years. It depends.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, but that opens the whole conversation of terminated uh, records have just as many data issues as active records. And yes. so once you figure out the parameters, what you're going to bring into the system, how far back you're going to look, what kinds of records you're going to b- bring into the system, and then it, it turns into what are the, the, the records we're going to bring in. There are fields and fields of, of, on forms of things that maybe you don't need in your HRIS. It's something you collected five years ago on a form. It's not relevant now. Don't even bother to bring it in, right? Yeah. The, the collection of that is not time well spent. Um, but do spend a lot of time making sure that your structure, your your division to your locations, your, to business unit, to locations, all of that is very clean, that, that people are going to plug into something that is in line with how the organization is configured um, so that... You're not worrying about that sort of thing uh, as you're going in and saying, "Ooh, you know, this person's data got a little a little hiccup and we're going to fix it. Right. Or we have right, to go back and right. look at that again. Or, but yeah, or, or
1: that top down yeah. structure, that top down structure of the mm-hmm. organization. You, you've you grown over the span of time. You, you used mm-hmm. to be one singular entity and said employee was hired many many years ago and they're a fantastic employee great employee mm-hmm. but now the business has not just one entity the business is actually seven to ten different entities mm-hmm. and it's all underneath the umbrella and said employees moving from company a to company b to company c to company d when mm-hmm. it's all within the same business but mm-hmm. how do you where where is the employee well mm-hmm. they're in the system they're in the database <laughs> we have them are they really we are they with the right business are they in the right mm-hmm. area Combing through the information so key sometimes, really. And people, I've seen it before doing some of the data conversions in the TV world, where when s- defining the scope of work, they just want to bring everything in. Everything's mm-hmm. of value. Everything's of value, and we're going to sort it out later. And it almost seems like it's, it, it makes the problem worse, you know, because you're, <laughs> yeah. you're bringing those old problems with you. In a mm-hmm. typical definition of like um, f- figuring out what what the scope is going to be, de- defining what these fields are, uh, mm-hmm. building your parameters and processes, how much time do you think, on average, in in the HR space, should be spent on something of that before you move towards uh, an integration to a new new product?
2: I, a I week, haven't been in a day. Oh. <laughs> 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 Boy, that's not even dog years! Wow. That-
1: <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of that.
2: Yeah, I was going to say. I, I think the the shortest the shortest term for that that I've ever been involved with was four months.
1: Wow, and, that, that's yeah. aggressive. That is yeah. aggressive.
2: It's uh, and and that is that is so if you start the clock from. Um, you know, we're going to make a change and we have an idea of the, you know, what we want to do. Um, and now it's just, you know, getting all the decisions made so we can head towards that go live date. It's four solid months of a team of people going through everything, just everything and making sure that we're collecting the data, scrubbing the data Reviewing the configuration in the the system so that it all looks good, and you know, just constantly going back: is this right? What's it going to look like? Do we have good data? Going back to the sources to say, "Hey, you need to look at this and fix it for us." Um, but yeah, a good four solid months of that um, before it gets turned on.
1: Kathy, I was um, that this conversation sparked a uh, a. Th- thought that i had um we covered it on the program like maybe about i want to say a year or plus ago i i was scrambling to find an article real quick to cite i can't Mm -hmm. um i believe it was the state of maine and Mm -hmm. i i may stand corrected maybe it was the state of washington (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm getting older the m's the w's they cut they flip Mm -hmm. i don't know but i think it was the state of maine and they they invested like i think it was and I may, again, stand corrected, but it was like 30 to 50 million dollars on their new HRS system and new data conversion. And they spent like close to a year on the transition and then like another mm-hmm. year plus on the implementation. And it was a complete failure at the end of the day. And the, uh, the VP and, or the uh, director of human resources and like a lot of the team, they just they just all walked away. Like they, mm-hmm. they quit. They just walked away altogether and the vendor was blaming the state. The state was blaming the vendor and it turned into this like actual lawsuit and things. It was like a huge debacle because it was also dealing mm-hmm. with public money at the time. But those, those, those risks are sometimes not properly vetted or assessed at the onset mm-hmm. of implementation. And you bring up points that that seem like they should be commonplace, but sometimes they're often overlooked. They really are. Yeah. You know?
2: Well, and it's a, and it's a big danger because I think, um, I think what happens from, from being on the team, um, you know, it's there, you, you have to get kind of attuned to the, the partner that you're working with pretty quickly yeah, and get comfortable really quickly asking questions that seem basic or silly because you can't ever assume that the vendor is going to do something for you, right? They have a scope of work and they, they know that scope of work. And if you're asking yes. for something outside the scope, the answer is going to be no, that's outside the scope. We're not doing that, right? But, and, and it still needs to get done. So, oh, you know, or, it's a, or, it's, uh, you know,
1: <laughs> or, or is outside of the scope of work at this time, but we'll jot that yes. down. We'll make that a new contract yes. for you. <laughs> i mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry and, yeah, I didn't mean to jump in. No, but... no,
2: no. <laughs> no because that happens too, right? You yeah. know, it's it, we'll, we'll put that in for future consideration. Right. And I think it does turn into, you know, if 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 you have any question about, you know, here's what we're giving you, is this exactly what you need? Is this going to look exactly the way we want to when it's in the system? You have to continually ask that. It's not an insulting question. It's not a silly question. It's just everything is a checkpoint. Every time you hand off a data file to say this is our, you know, this is what our initial data load is going to look like. Yes, what you know, is it going to be everything in the right place? Is it going to map properly? Is it going to be all uh, title case like we wanted? Is right. something going to get converted? Right? It's you have to ask that because it's better to ask up front and find out that something needs to be fixed than to have it loaded. Um, and then have to go back and try to undo it. Or it's better to push and make sure everybody's looked at what they're supposed to look at than to put it all in there and find out that somebody didn't really review it. They thought they'd review it when it was in the system, and it got everything sideways.
1: And, and, um, and now it impacts every single employee file of record, and now it's yep. impacting your payroll and everything in between, top to bottom. Lawyers mm-hmm. get involved. Next thing you know, you're moving away. You're you're building tiki umbrellas on the beach. <laughs> You're building a new life. You gave up. I don't know.
2: (laughs) I I will tell you my my favorite my favorite story is from a a few companies ago. We we spent more time going back and saying, "Do we have everything? Do we have everything on everybody?" Yeah. We were moving from system to system. Do we have everything on everybody that's going to go in the new system? Everybody signs off. Yes, it's all here. We get everything stood up. We go live. Two days later, somebody comes by and says, "Hey, this person's not in the system." No, and I said, and I said, "Who's this person?" And they said, "Oh, this person." And it's like, I have no, I have no idea who you're talking about. There's no <laughs> information on this person anywhere. When did they get here? Oh, they've been yeah. here three years. Who is this person? <laughs> you know, oh, no. And then op- ended up a whole, that opened up a whole conversation about how a particular kind of support comes into the business, yes. and who's keeping track of those folks that are brought in to help. And it was like, okay, so now we know we need to look at this too. So, but Absolutely. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I've learned to ask a lot of questions. Is this everybody? I,
1: sure? I was just about to ask you uh, mistakes that helped or hurt you in a way that you'd like to share. I think you just kind of brought one to the table, not necessarily mm-hmm. your mistake, but de- definitely a lesson learned, lesson mm-hmm. learned amongst a team yes. uh, experience. What about you personally, though? Was there. I'm not trying to make you too vulnerable. I, I'm not trying to put you on the board. Everyone makes, you know, a mistake or two along mm-hmm. the way. But what's, what's something that you learned a while ago that you carry with you till today that was a lesson learned that turned out to be a positive reinforcement that, that stays with you?
2: Oh, so you see this? You see, I have the scar right here on my arm. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I thought so, it was going to be a good I, story. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think the, um, you know, the thing, the, the thing that I've learned is um, HRIS is a support system. You yeah. know, we, people don't come to work for HRIS. We come to work to support the business and we come to work to make sure that we have tools that support the HR folks, and the employees, and the business in running, right? And so there's that that natural push towards customer service, right? We are here to make sure that the tool is up and running and doing as much as it possibly can to make the business run better. And every once in a while, you you get a little overwhelmed in the push to be the best customer-serving organization you can. And you have to be really careful because if you... You know, I personally have, have had times in my career where I've gotten, you know, somebody will call in hair on fire, right? And it's it's got to be done, and it's critical, and, you know, we can't wait another millisecond, and can you please, and, you know, we know you can help us, and, and please, right? And and I I didn't get every last tiny bit of information, and I made a mistake. And it's always harder to undo it than it is to do it, right? Right. Um, once you, once you import all those records, having to pull them back out again is not always as easy as you might think it is. And so, yes, you know, I I think that's a a big lesson learned that it, there is a place to, to say, I, I I would love to, but I need all of these things, right? right? And I need, and I, I need to run this by and get approvals. I can't just go off and do things. I need to have it reviewed. I need to have it approved. It's not that we don't want to help. It's that it's, you know, every system has more than just one person in it. You have to do something on a, on a global level, not just on an individual level. And so it, it's, you know, and, and that's always hard because I hate to tell people that I can't meet their expectation, but I also can't do anything that's going to endanger the, 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 the whole system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so this is, um, is an
1: enterprise-wide system. This is the entire yep. business that we're talking about here. This is not mm-hmm. just that one small thing that you are concerned about at this time. Even mm-hmm. though we support you and we love you, and we will we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. take you to Chili's. Let's go eat. But <laughs> I need you to do the packet first.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and and you you do get a little wrapped up in the energy, right? And you want to do something. You think, oh, you know, I've I've done this before, and I can just do it and no, you you've got to be conservative and say i have a checklist and i need these questions answered and i need this in this particular way so that it's going to come out the way everybody wants it to come out
1: we are at that time in the program ladies and gentlemen where it's uh it's becoming slightly tearful on my end to look at that clock and realize that our time is growing short did you realize that we've just spent near 50 minutes together Oh, my gosh. It seems like we were just talking for, like, 15 minutes to me. It does. It really does. You
2: you get me me talking about my favorite things. I love it.
1: We have to carry this on together. We have to do this again, (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially in person. We Mm -hmm. will be seeing each other in just a few short days at Port Canaveral for the 25th Mm -hmm. anniversary of Space Coast HR Conference. And people could still buy tickets and stop by, I believe. And uh, Uh, you just stop by SpaceCoastHRConference.com.
2: Com, com. Dot com
1: There yeah. it is, and yeah. get your tickets and move on from there. But before before we say goodbye or anything like that, Kathy, it's 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 a big wide world of human resources, and there's a lot of people that are coming up through the ranks. What is your advice to them if they'd like to transition into the world of HRAS and and knowledge management and and be more involved with the business in pursuing that career path? What would you recommend that they take a look at or do or, or pursue let it be institutionally or mm-hmm. just on the job
2: so i so take this with with my personal experience um i love it people i don't know that you need to have a computer engineering degree to be in hris i don't know that you need to have that highly technical you know how to write in different languages know how to code I for me, I don't think that's necessary. I think the HR tools that are out there that companies are adopting are really pointed towards the non-IT professional. Yes. They understand that it's mostly HR people maintaining these systems. And so um so I, I think the, the biggest thing is if you come to HRIS with a with a background in HR, that is a huge asset because it's one thing to understand how a tool works and how information moves but understanding why a piece of information is important, why a, a, a bit of information needs to be reportable and consumable by the company versus things that don't necessarily need to act that way. Um, I can't tell you how many times people have called and they've said, this is what we want to do. And I'll say, are you sure? Because what are you going to do with that when you have it? Oh, you know, we're going to go here. It's like, well, but you can already go over there and do that, right? Right, And so having that background in HR and how an HR function um, works, how employee relations and compliance and benefits, having that understanding and bringing it into the system helps you make the system a better tool because you you have that understanding, not just of how modules connect, but why things need to be where they are and why things need to be held in a certain way. Right. And so that's the advice I would give if you're if you're thinking of HR systems, spend a little time in an HR department in a non-HRS role, learn HR as a profession and then step into systems. Because most companies, if you raise your hand and say, I really want to get involved in the system side, they're going to be, oh, my gosh, where have you been? Come on over here and look at these (laughs) spreadsheets.
1: (laughs) You know, there's there's a two huge parts we really didn't get into uh reporting as well as uh mm-hmm. testing and training i mean we talked mm-hmm. about iterative, iterative improvements but real quick we're, we're going to steal a little more time ladies and gentlemen i, I gotta ask you from the from the reporting aspect and, and you touched on it there i feel terrible i forgot about it till just now too i got carried away i got carried <laughs> away with you the uh, reporting out of some of these systems is so vastly different And some of it is Mm -hmm. out of the box and some of it is customizable. It's Mm -hmm. really down to what you want to do. And when you have a C-suite leader turn to you and say, hey, you're running that system. I just need a report on this. Well, that report Mm -hmm. might actually wind up costing tens of thousands of dollars to get put together through your vendor and making some things happen, depending on the system that you're using. Whereas Mm -hmm. other systems might be a bit more intuitive um, from your experience a little bit on reporting and and aspects of it that might go a little underlooked if I may
2: so I, I can't I can't overstate how important it is to have um, Excel skills yeah because there's a balance to things um, most systems come with a library of standard reports and they will pull down what a you know, uh, new hire and termination and your EEO reporting and your vets reporting, they'll do some basic things. The business is going to come back and ask for its own look at at things. And in a lot of cases, the report tool will let you take that template that you got out of the box and customize it. Mm-hmm. In some cases it won't. Um, I know we've done some reporting that um, the, the the return on the cost is is not enough for us to go ahead and, pay a a partner to program something. So we pull it out in Excel and we do what we need to do with it outside the system with pivot tables and with some other things, right? So I there's, you know, the reporting is the keep it as simple as you can. You know, use the basic tools for the basic reports. um, But have the skill set. So when that leader comes to you and says, hey, you know, we really want to do a deep dive on something. Um, that whether it's something that you write a new template for or you just pull out base data and manipulate it in Excel, you're able to meet that request. Um, you know, I, I think it's the, the idea that, oh, I'm just going to be able to go in and punch a button and the system is going to give me what I need. It's, it's never going to be that simple. <laughs> it's, it's never going to be that simple. You're going to need to know yeah. a little bit about. Where the data is housed, um, you know where the system is going to pull that from. If you need to add fields into your template, and then again, if if you can't quite make the tool do what you want it to do, how are you going to pull that into Excel or into another tool? And and how
1: many rows are you going to be limited to on that Excel export? Are is it going to get cut (laughs) off? Do you now have to do not just one report or ten different reports, one for each Mm -hmm. year over the past decade that that they're Mm -hmm. asking for this? And and you could be talking at a day a week a couple weeks mm-hmm. worth of work it, it really really depends on on how deep and and how wide so, the net is that gets cast right
2: and so here's here's the, the the kind of golden ticket there right you know the the big question is is why because it's very easy for somebody to say well just make a report show me the last 5 years of turnover right yeah. and and it's you can go pull all kinds of data But maybe that's not the question that they're really asking. You know, why do you need to see the last five years of turnover? Well, you know, well, because I said so. Yeah. And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, my, the people that I work with will, will tell you one of the phrases I put out there a lot is what problem are we solving for? Um, and (laughs) that's perfect, you know, and, um, a lot of times if you can't answer that question, you shouldn't really be pulling a lot of data because you don't know what you're looking for. And, um, you don't know, you know, you're pulling all kinds of things and spending a lot of time and you're not answering the question because it's not even a clearly defined question. So
1: I, I, uh, don't have the best memory of time. So I do have to look things up. And there is this quote that I always have a hard time and I wind up paraphrasing. So I looked it up and I mm-hmm. want to recite it verbatim, quote, If I had an hour to solve a problem and my life depended on it, I would use the first 55 minutes determining the proper question to ask Albert Einstein. (laughs) And it's Mm -hmm. true. It's true. Mm -hmm. You can radically shift the dynamic of not just the requirement that they're asking for, but the conversation, which could also then impact the business process altogether Mm -hmm. just by asking the right question and reframing Mm -hmm. mindsets. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Training, testing. We are up and running. We have a new vendor. We have a new system. We're moving forward to the future. And Kathy Scott's at the helm. <laughs> and we don't need to test. It's out of the box perfect, right?
2: Oh no, JC, no,
1: no. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. no. You... But Kathy Scott's at the helm. We're fine. You've just
2: been, you've just been voted off the island. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's it's <laughs> it's continual because the the HR system, like any business system, is not static. Every day, somebody is going into that system and entering data. There are people being hired. Yes. There are people being terminated. There are people changing jobs. They're they're getting promoted. They're moving across to another team. That data changes for you know minute by minute by minute. I can run a report at eight in the morning. And run it at 830 and there will be changes to the data. So you can never say, we don't need to worry about it. Um, because even if your, your tools are working properly, you always have that, that, um, element of it's people that are giving the system the information. Yeah. And people, people make mistakes. I've, I've had my oh, yeah. share everybody, right? And, and I tease. You have 500 people in your organization. There's going to be a thousand mistakes because everybody gets two, right? <laughs> but, right? but, you know, a thousand mistakes is, is a lot of things to have to keep track of. And so, yes. no, you can, you can never just say, I'm not going to worry about it because the tools are set up and working. People will forget to fill in a field or they will put oh. the wrong information in
1: or, or, or... or you may the predictive text thing nowadays where, where mm-hmm. the computer is actually analyzing the handwriting to try to decipher what the letters are and it if you've got bad handwriting forget about it <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know? yep. Yep. yeah and, and we're not you know we're not there yet we we still have people sitting down and keying things in um, whether it's the employee or whether it's an HR person. Or whether it's things that we've brought forward Plus from data other systems, and, data but, and that's it, right? Yeah. And and but people make mistakes, right? They they hit the wrong key, or they got distracted and didn't finish up something. So it's always about auditing. It's always about going back to look, and and especially when you're running your your standard reports or doing your compliance reporting, to make sure that it makes sense, you know. And and it takes a, a minute, but we spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of time looking back. What was it last time? Yeah. Um, just real quickly, not in depth analysis on everything, but if last time I ran the report, it said I had a hundred of something, and this time it says I have 500, I'm going to think about that a minute and make sure that that makes sense. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, that, that quick double check of things is huge um, just to make sure that there's not something wrong. You know, when you look at when you do a pivot table, how many blank values do you have? Ideally, there's none. But just to take a quick check, are there blanks? Okay, I've got to go take a look at that. Right. That that and uh, ounce of prevention. Right. You you do that and you reach out to people and you help them understand why it's important and show them what needs to be fixed. And that makes it better. um, We're like all companies. We went live in our system about Four years ago. Yeah. And if, if you know, we all look back at four years ago, oh my gosh, you know, if we'd only known then what we know now. But we are we are so many multiples better right. than we were at the start. And we're getting but be- and we continue to get better and we have a path to, to grow even more. So
1: tell me this is um, wrong. Tell me it's wrong. But doesn't it seem like <laughs> every I, I wouldn't say every month, but like every three to six months is almost like an evolutionary change within the team mm-hmm. sometimes. Where it's like you, you had a, a big mind shift and of and, and focus realignment over the past three to six months. And now we're, we're totally different than what we were before. Mm-hmm. But we don't realize mm-hmm. it. And we're still the same people. Yep. And we're still going mm-hmm. to Chili's for dinner at the end of the night. <laughs> they did not pay to be talked about. I just like Chili's. That's all.
2: No, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting, I think, especially if if you talk to people right after you implement a change back to change management, right? Six months in, after everything is is launched, and people are in doing things in a new way, and they've had a chance to to actually try it out for themselves. and, And you go back and say, you know, what do you think? A lot of people are like well, why, why did we wait so long to do this? And and yeah. these are the people that initially said wait, this is never going to work. I can't <laughs> believe you're going to make us do this. This is wrong. It's right. disastrous. But once you can get them in to see the the gain, they go, oh my gosh, you know, why didn't we do this years ago, right? Yes. Um, and and that change in mindset, I'll take that no matter how it's driven, whether it's it's bringing them through change management with the tool whether it's an outside influence that shows us all that we can work effectively outside the office or something like that. Right. You, you, you pick those things and you leverage them, but yeah, well, the evolution well, is great.
1: Sometimes the opponents, the largest opponents wind up being your, your, your biggest uh, proponents and, and maybe even mm-hmm. team members of yours down the line as they evolve within the organization.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yep. Kathy, I could do it forever. I love talking to you. This is great. This is great. Hey, um, it has been a lot of fun. Any anything about the upcoming conference, or or just anything in general that you'd like to talk about before we say goodbye for the day?
2: Well, you know, I, so so the conference is next week. It's on Wednesday, the twentieth of April. Um, so we're right in that last week of preparation. Everything is coming together. Um, this is the time that you know we've we've been talking about the speakers. We've been talking about. The, the venue and the day, um, everything is going to be amazing. We've just started talking about the prizes and we're giving away some great stuff. We're raising money for feeding Florida, Beautiful. which is a, a network of charities that run food banks um, to help people that are, are meal in, insecure. I right? don't know where their next meal is coming from. Yes. And we're also going to be raising some money for the Sherm foundation. And so, um, We've got some great things to raffle off. We've got a pair of AirPods. Um, if somebody needs to get a new headset, we've got that. We've got some HR books that will really expand your library, a set of Paul Falcone's new management books. Um, got some gas cards. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't want a gas card <laughs> these days, although my car is electric, so that doesn't really do it for me right Love now. But, uh, <laughs> but some gas cards we've right. got. And, of course, we've got some nice bottles of wine, nice bottles of alcohol. Um, you know, just a, a variety of things that people can buy some raffle tickets. You can do that online through the conference website, www.spacecoasthrconference.com. Uh, buy your tickets in advance so you don't have to hassle with that at the event. Um, and, you know, help out a good cause and maybe win a, a great prize in the process.
1: However, if someone does show up at the door and they didn't buy their tickets yet, they might still have an opportunity to come in.
2: You know, we, we we have the space. Um, it's certainly easier if you can register in advance. Um, but if you happen to be driving by and and get a, a an urge to come into an HR conference, we've got <laughs> one for you. We'd love to have you come and and um, enjoy the day.
1: But definitely, but yeah, I, definitely then, register. Go to the website. Get yourself register
2: in, in advance. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: absolutely. <laughs> Kathy Scott, it's my pleasure to have you on HR Talk, and it's my pleasure to talk with you. And I look forward to seeing you.
2: See you next week, JC. Safe travels.
1: Oh, appreciate it very much. All the best to you. Take care.
0: Thanks. Well, what I tell you? Folks, HR pros, business leaders, listen to me now. You've got to pay attention to your data. You heard JC and Kathy talk about it. Good data in, great data out. But if you get that information and you have to be able to know how to read it and how to paint that picture that your organization is going to need to move that needle from A to B. Well, that said, folks, this is probably the last show that you're going to hear that's not going to be live at the Space Ghost HR Conference. Again, www.spaceghosthrconference.com. Tickets are still available. I'll see you there. Dry safe. Good night.